There were hundreds of people who had met Jesus Christ and were actually, from the baptism of John all the way, I don't know how many were in this category, but they didn't have any trouble. Verse 23, they put forward two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, who is also called Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who knows the heart of all men, show which one of these two you have chosen to occupy this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they drew lots for them, and the lot fell to Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. God saw to it that there were twelve official witnesses. Welcome to Abide in the Word with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Today we continue in our study of the Gospel of Matthew. Pastor Scott brings a message titled, The Resurrection from the Dead. We invite you to follow along with us now as we get started. Verse 16, we'll pick it up here. The eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee. Like Jesus had told them, I'll meet you in Galilee. And he told the women to tell them. And so they proceeded to Galilee. When you read that, it ought to catch our attention, huh? The 11 disciples. Those 12. Judas. There's two things that come to my mind when I read the 11 disciples. Uh, The apostles, these 12 disciples were to be official witnesses of the resurrection of Christ. Now there's 11, and uh, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts. And Acts picks up where all four Gospels left off. If you're not familiar with the Bible, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, tell the story of Jesus. They all close with his resurrection. And then the book of Acts picks up those four strands, if you will, and tells us what took place. And I want us to uh, just glance at this very interesting scene because there were to be 12 witnesses, not 11. Okay? Uh, Judas has failed miserably. He's no witness of the resurrection. He went out and hung himself in remorse, not in repentance, but in remorse. Well, let's pick it up. Acts chapter 1, verse 15. At that time, Peter stood up in the midst of the brethren, a gathering of about 120 people was there, and said, Brethren, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit foretold by the mouth of of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. I can't help but say, this man who'd been greatly privileged to be part of the 12, to be part of potentially using his life for the highest purpose, he became a guide to those who arrested and crucified Jesus. He was counted among us, Peter said, verse 17, and received his portion in this ministry. Now, parenthetically, Luke, who's the author of Acts, tells us, this man acquired a field with the price of his wickedness, verse 18, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all his bowels gushed out. He went away and had this Field, and he apparently, in despair and despondency and depression, 
where remorse can lead when it's not repentance, but just feeling bad about what you've done, but not really turning to the Lord. He went out and hung himself, and apparently the branch and cliff that he jumped over and hung, maybe he hung there for a while, we don't know, but it probably broke, and he fell headlong, and it's a gory end. Uh, Verse 18, I'll tell you, just this week, I was talking to a banker, and he told me, he said, you know, my mom is 86, and uh, she's had a couple of strokes, and we needed to, we kids are taking care, we're, it was my turn to take her to the doctor, and I took her to the doctor, and on the way, I said, Mom, uh, do you have any questions for the doc? And she said, I have two questions. Am I going to have another stroke? Is it going to be severe or not? And I want to talk to him about death with dignity. And it just, just as he shared it, I just went, oh. And he said, so she did. We got to the doctor, and she asked those two questions. And when she brought up death with dignity, the doctor said, that's suicide. And I will not. I'm opposed to that. And he Praise the Lord, a man who stands on truth rather than just the decadent world that the state of Oregon is, you know. Um, I'll tell you, we talked about it, and this man has found Jesus Christ as his hope. And he said, uh, I have hope. Mom doesn't have any hope. And so we prayed together, and uh, there was several of us, in fact, and we prayed that his mom would find death with joy, death with hope. Because, you see, death is not with dignity when you take your own life. And people say, oh, they just want to get, get out of their misery. Oh, no, you won't be out of your misery. The very reality is that uh, death outside of Christ just will lead to eternal death, what's called the second death. But we can bring this good news to her and anybody else. I don't care if you're 86 or 16 or, you know, anywhere in between. Uh, If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, then death is a gateway into life eternal. And it's life. And actually, my friend, the banker, had just quoted that verse in Peter. We've been born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Well... It became known, verse 19, to all who were living in Jerusalem, so that in their own language, that field where Judas did himself in is called Hakeldama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his homestead be made desolate and let no man dwell in it, and his office let another man take. Uh, the Psalms, even, even the details, we've seen these amazing prophecies written a thousand years earlier, hundreds of years earlier in the prophets, but the Psalms, David's Psalms were a thousand years B.C., gave the details even of the betrayal that Jesus would be betrayed by a friend, a close companion, and then even his end, his desolate end. It is therefore, now Peter says this, Peter's the one speaking, remember, he says, it's therefore necessary that of the men who've accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning with the baptism of John 
until the day that he was taken up from us. Now, this is Peter speaking after Jesus earlier in this chapter, Acts 1. Jesus, right in front of their eyes, ascended to heaven. Now, Peter says, it's necessary that someone who's been with us since the baptism of John, when John announced him, until he left us, verse 21, beginning, or 22, one of these should become a witness with us of his resurrection. That's what an apostle is, an official witness of his resurrection. And so they said, we got to pick one. Well, they had lots to pick from. Why am I saying this? Because there were many witnesses. Many people had been impacted by Jesus Christ. The whole nation listened to John. They thought he was maybe the Christ. And then John said, no, I'm not him, but I'm pointing you to the one who is. There were hundreds of people who had met Jesus Christ and were actually, from the baptism of John all the way, I don't know how many were in this category, but they didn't have any trouble. Verse 23, they put forward two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, who is also called Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, you, Lord, who knows the heart of all men, show which one of these two you have chosen to occupy this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they drew lots for them, and the lot fell to Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. God saw to it that there were 12 official witnesses of Jesus' resurrection. But that's not all. Turn over to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. The 12 were official witnesses, but obviously the guy that they didn't choose, Matthias, was chosen. The guy that wasn't chosen, he qualified too. And there were many others. In fact, listen to this, 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, verse 3, I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, just like the Scripture said he would, according to the Scriptures. He was buried, and he was raised on the third day, just like the Scriptures said he would be. And then he appeared to Peter, Cephas, then to the twelve, after that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Paul could write about 30 years later, 20-some years later, in Corinth, to the church at Corinth. Remember, uh, there were Jesus appeared to Peter privately. Then he appeared to the 12. And sometimes they were designated the 12, even though there was only 11 at that point. They just call them the 12. Uh, they became the 12. But, and then he said, but at one time he appeared to more than 500 witnesses, most of whom are still alive. A few of them have died, he said. A few have fallen asleep. By the way, uh, as a believer in Christ, a follower of Jesus, when we die, the Bible uses that language, you fall asleep in Jesus. It's not soul sleep or some spacey thing. It's just a picture of the comfort of just, it's not something to be feared. We're going to be whisked right into the presence of the Lord. And then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, verse 8, as it were to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. I'm the least of the apostles, whom not, am not fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Paul says, he appeared to me. Paul met the risen Christ. 
Paul was a witness of the resurrection. Uh, I hope you have met the risen Christ, and you're a witness of the resurrection. Uh, now, the resurrection of Jesus is not rejected because of lack of evidence. Why would people come up with the swoon theory and the stolen body theory and all the other? Because their unbelief is insidious. Uh, today, people will deny truth rather than submit to the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus spoke about this. And as we look at this, I want you to, uh, you know, he's not here. He's risen. They saw him. They've worshipped him. Then they go toward Galilee to meet him. And I'm saying the resurrection of Christ is everything. Jesus spoke about it before he rose from that. He, he predicted it many times. Turn to Luke 16. He spoke about it in a very powerful way in one of his most powerful, I think, uh, parables or stories. He just told a story, and it's so sobering. I want us to just read it because we're thinking about this very issue, the resurrection. And I hope that it has impacted your life. But listen to what Jesus said. Verse 19, Luke 16 there was a certain rich man, and he habitually dressed in purple and fine linen, gaily living in splendor every day. He had a lot of money. He had the best clothes, the best house. He had it all, gaily living in splendor. And a certain poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate. He was a gated community, you know. And, he, and there was this poor man laying at his gate covered with sores, longing to be fed with the crumbs which were falling from the rich man's table. Even besides, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. What a di you know, what a contrast. It came about, verse 22, that the poor man died. And by the way, so did the rich man. Look at verse 22. It came about the poor man died, and he was, he was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. You know, there's no mention of the burial of the poor guy. He was, he was laying longing for crumbs that the dogs were eating. And he was, his, his nurses were the dogs licking his sores. I think they just threw his body like they did in those days, just, you know, went to the county, the county morgue, whatever. The body was just thrown in the, on the garbage heap. They'd burn him. There's no mention of his burial. But the rich man, I'll bet he had a nice funeral. I'll bet he had a real nice funeral. I mean, he lived gaily. He probably had everything prepared. Maybe there was a lot of people there. I don't know. But they both died. But then look again, verse 22. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels. The real guy. I don't care what they did with his body. He was carried away with, by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Now, this story Jesus tells us before Jesus rose from the dead. But he gives us an insight into life or existence after death. Now in Hades, that's what it was called, the place of death, the Greek word in the Old Testament, Sheol, the place of death. In Hades, verse 23, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, the rich man. And he saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. It was in 
before Jesus rose from the dead, there was this place of death where there was this great chasm between Abraham's bosom, a place of comfort, and a place of torment. And he cried out, verse 24, and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue, for I am in agony in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your life you received your good things and likewise Lazarus bad things. But now he's being comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, there's a great chasm fixed in order that those who wish to come over from here to you may not be able and that none may cross over from there to us. It's a fixed condition. You're not going to cross over. Well, then he said, look at, listen to the rich man now. Then I beg you, Father, that you send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Has this arrogant, rich, self-centered man all of a sudden become an evangelist? Oh, I beg you, send Lazarus. Give me, I just need a little water for my... T- well, then send him to my brothers. Send him to my brothers because I got five brothers. What's he? I think what he's saying is this. Why didn't somebody warn me? If only, if only somebody would warn my brothers. Send Lazarus to warn my brothers. By the way, he's totally unrepentant. Who is Lazarus to him now? He's still just a messenger boy. Send him with some water. Send him to my brothers. And there's no hint. He's just, he's still saying, if only I would have known. Warn my brothers. But Abraham said, verse 29, and I remember Jesus is telling this story. Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. They have a Bible. Oh, oh no, no. Verse 30. No, Father Abraham. That won't do it. But if somebody went to them from the dead, they'll repent. He said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone rises from the dead. There's people all through Portland who ignore this book, you know, just... And, oh, why didn't somebody warn me? Listen, this book, if you won't listen to God's word, you won't listen. Jesus said this, even if someone rises from the dead. And who's going to rise from the dead? Jesus is going to rise from the dead. Unbelief is a stubborn, willful act of arrogant selfishness, you know. And so I say Jesus had warned about this. And the issue isn't, did Jesus rise from the dead? He did. There's plenty of witnesses, and there's changed lives like Saul of Tarsus, who was a complete terrorist who met him, and he, after that, he said, I'm not worthy to be called his apostle. I was persecuting the church, but he appeared to me too. And my life has been changed, and many of your lives have been changed, and every changed life is a witness. I was talking to a man who came to know Jesus Christ in the penitentiary, and Christ changed his life. I have never met a man 
that said, I was reading Richard Dawkins in the penitentiary, and it gave me hope and changed my life. No. No. It doesn't, you see, unbelief brings despair. Truth brings liberty and life. Well, back to Matthew 28. The 11, the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated, in, designated. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. They worshiped him. This is the second uh, time now. The women fell at his feet and worshiped him. Now the disciples worshiped him. The scripture, I mentioned this last time, but I want to say it so clearly. The scripture is adamant. Worship God. Don't worship anyone or anything else. When Paul and Barnabas were ministering in Galatia, and the people started to just realize that they were speaking with power. They started to call him Zeus and started to call him names of their gods and were going to offer sacrifice. And when Paul and Barnabas heard about it, they tore their robes and they came out in the street and said, Stop it! We're just servants of the living God. Worship the one who created the heavens and the earth. That's in Acts 14. In Acts 12, Herod the politician uh, went down to the coast, and he got a big group really rallying around him. And the the group started to say, as as political groups sometimes can, the voice of a god and not of a man. And Herod just soaked it in. The voice of a god and not of a man. And there have been men throughout history who've accepted worship. And Herod, we're told, was struck dead right there on the scene. And he died in agony. Now, it's a very serious thing to worship. And John was tempted to worship the angel in Revelation, the last page of the Bible. He fell at the feet of the angel. It was so overwhelming what he'd been shown. And the angel said quickly, stop it. I'm a fellow servant of yours, of, of the Lord. Worship God. Jesus Christ gladly accepted worship. Thomas said, my Lord and my God. And Thomas said, that's good. Blessed are you that you've seen and believe, but blessed are those people who haven't seen. And today we worship this one, Jesus Christ, this risen one, because he conquered death and said, because I live, you shall live also. Now he gives his final commission. Sometimes it's called the great commissioning. Verses 18 through 20 the end of Matthew. And uh, that's what we're going to look at next time. We're out of time. But I, I will tell you, uh, this Lord Jesus rose from the dead. He's coming back. Death is a defeated foe. You've been listening to Abide in the Word with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Please stay with us. Pastor Scott will return in just a moment with a preview of our next broadcast. Today's program was titled, The Resurrection from the Dead, a message from our study of the Gospel of Matthew. If you missed a portion of the message heard on the program today, or you'd like to share it with a friend, head on over to abideintheword.us. A free copy of today's entire message is available there for you to stream or download at your convenience. 
If you've ever wanted Pastor Scott's sermon library in the palm of your hand, we have a new app available called the Abide app. It's available in both the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. Along with the sermon library, you'll also find Scott's written publications, biblical seminars on a variety of subjects, daily devotional videos, this radio program, and the Abide Method, a monthly Bible reading and writing plan developed by Scott to give you the opportunity to read and write out Scripture. These resources all come free within the app, so if you're looking to deepen your relationship with Christ, please consider downloading the Abide app in either the Apple or Google App Stores. We'd love to get this valuable resource into your hands. Did you know Abide in the Word is available every day on Facebook? Well, right along with our daily podcast on iTunes and Google Play, our daily messages are posted to Facebook as well. You can find them at facebook.com slash abide in the word. Now, before we end our time today, let's go to Pastor Scott for a preview of our next broadcast. This is the one who is commissioning us. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Because of the way this reads, sometimes, and I've heard preachers like myself, you know, make this thing a, the main emphasis is to go. And really, the, uh, the main verb here is make disciples. Make disciples. There's three participles that kind of hang on the main verb. Jesus' command is to make disciples. And as you're making them, you'll be going baptizing and teaching join us again next time as we continue in our study of the gospel of matthew pastor scott will bring a message titled a task entrusted to us until then may the grace of the lord jesus be with you